Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. I'm so excited to bring on my favorite guest in the entire world, my beautiful mum, Ruth Keat, to talk all things fertility and female-related today. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Welcome, everybody, to the live chat, our Siri and Beck Show podcast, episode 17. We're up to, but we're coming live to all our incredible Team Serious Tri Club members. I'm going to give you guys time to jump on. Um, thank you for coming on. Hello, Janet Buckeye. How are you? Um, I actually just did a post, Janet, about um, trying to help um, Katie find a home for her doggy. So if anybody is a dog lover or knows any dog rescues in the LA area, please help us um, if you can rehome this beautiful pup because uh, she's beautiful and I really want to help this family who's going through some health issues right now. So if you're listening and you're dog lovers or you're in the LA area, no dog rescues, let us know. I was very random, but I do want to introduce, um, I'm going to have a very special guest. I haven't been this excited about a podcast for quite a while. I do get excited, but not this, this excited because I am bringing my incredible mum on the call tonight, uh, a fertility expert with over 30 years experience. But before I do that, so stay tuned guys, any fertility questions, get them ready. Um, I want to welcome new members, Neil Howe. And Yvonne's new athlete, Yvonne is one of our Team Series Track Club Head of Europe coach, and uh, she's our European head coach. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, she's world number one, a world champion, and she now coaches over there, has a full squad of 15 athletes, and she just took on her last new athlete, and now she's completely full. Wonder Sluz, I want to welcome you. I also want to welcome Andrea Wilbers. Um, we have a lot of Europeans joining up, and I'm fairly sure that's because we have now Yvonne, and we are going to be bringing on a new European male coach too very soon, which we will announce shortly. Um, whoop! Sorry, guys, just lost you there. Um, don't forget also, guys, to listen to uh, episode 16 and uh, 15 of the Beck and Series Show podcast because on there you'll have a chance to win $500 voucher by answering the question. Uh, it's sponsored by Normatech. So you get a $500 voucher for Normatech recovery boots as worn by Team Series Tri Club and Tony Robbins. Um, you'll get a chance to go in there or draw to win a $500 voucher if you listen to episode 15 uh, or 14 and answer that question regarding Normatech in the middle of the show, send us an email with the answer and you get a chance to win that. So we're also going to send you guys all some cool spot prizes, visors and stuff like that. Uh, I want to congratulate the weekend for our racers. We had some incredible um, results on the weekend. It was a really tough day at Ironman Chattanooga. I'm gonna, that's the only one I'm going to talk about tonight. I know there were several other races, but importantly, my athlete Nicole Duback Coming back her first race after major surgery um, where she had some really um, difficult circumstances with cancer and getting through that. And uh, she came back and got ninth in her age group, which is her best ever uh, finish at such an incredibly hard, tough, hot race. Um, and Becky Allen got top 20 as well. And I want to make a special mention from Mimo Tijerina. I don't know how to say it. I think it's Tijerina. And Jason uh, Reinhardt, who's been working with him as well on his local try. He finally got on the podium, he said, after eight years. So Nino, Mimo, I'm hoping that we had some small part in that. We're so proud of you. Um, I know Laura Mendez, uh, Maddie's athlete, podiumed as well. She was first place and fourth overall in her Olympic 
Uh, Susan Roman in August is 70.3. One of Maddie's athletes also did really, really well. And Lisa Lapari has not been off the podium this year. So that's pretty awesome. So I want to say hi to my athletes I've just seen. Come on, Nancy P and Viv Evans. So excited to have you. I know Viv's looking forward to this. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to introduce the favorite person in the world. Almost makes me teary thinking about this. But this person is my favorite person, my biggest supporter. My mom, Ruth Keat, is on the phone from Australia, and she is here. She is, I would call her a fertility expert. Um, she may not back that up, but she does have 30 years experience in uh, the fertility area. She set up uh, two uh, IVF clinics, was a director of two clinics, started back in 1998, now directed uh, the clinics in Albury, and she'll have to correct me on this. I think it was Wangaratta. Mom, which, which, which was the other clinic that you um, set up in regional Australia? Uh, it was um, Bendigo, Ballarat. Bendigo, Ballarat. So it was... and, and Wagga Wagga and Shepherd and then oh, so, a bit of a Okay, so see, my mum is very, um, she has almost too much humility. She actually set up about five clinics by the sound of it now, but they're all in regional Australia. Um, then she moved to Queensland. I was so lucky I got to spend more, so much more time with my mum. She moved to Queensland in, was it 2007, mum? Uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, 2009. 2009. Um, and she also was a director in the Brisbane Fertility Clinic. And now she trains nurses um, um, in IVF clinics on how to... She teaches ultrasound techniques to all these nurses. So I also want to brag a little bit because I really do think my athletic gene came from my mum. She will debate that it maybe came from my dad. But if you've seen my mum sprint up the beach, kick my ass a couple of years ago, I do think that my... Genetics came from my mum. She's really a natural athlete too. She's really fit. She's amazing, um, and I love her so much. And Ruthie, I call her Ruthie, so but I'll call, I think I'm going to call you mum. Welcome, mum, to the podcast. We're so excited to have our live chat and our podcast. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, Becky. But I have to tell everybody that my biggest, my biggest achievement was actually um, having you on my Mum, you had twins and you had you went in labor for 26 hours and then had to have a cesarean. Oh, that's just uh, the same story for a lot of women, darling. It's the, the, the result that's the positive thing for me. You've been such a gift to the world. No, oh, thanks, Ruthie. I always kind of joke with people, people that are listening, that um, my sister and I are twins and mum doing IVF. She was always helping other people get pregnant. I don't, wouldn't know how many pregnancies she's kind of partially responsible for, but it's got to be thousands. One day we actually worked out that mum had done over 20,000 embryo transfers in her life. So I don't know. I think she's definitely an expert in that area. But we do joke that Simi and I were maybe IVF babies and she didn't really have us. And she sometimes... <laughs> She would sometimes play on that, that she's not really our mum, but she really is. She's got the scars to prove it, so. But mum, let's, um, we're waiting for more people to join up, but before they do, let's um, tell okay. them, Ruthie, because um, as a kid, and people are going to laugh at this and they may not believe it, but Simone was actually the more talented athlete, and I really want people to hear this because it's actually the truth. I think probably what people are learning now, and much more now than it used to be, is that it takes a lot of uh, mental fortitude. You can have a lot of physical ability and you can have natural ability, but if you haven't got the mental fortitude and the 
and the ability to stick at something and, and learn to lose, not learn to win, mm. then you're going to be beaten every time by somebody like you who's determined. Mm. And you had uh, probably less natural talent, but far more focus and far more commitment to sport. Your sister turned into an academic nerd. the truth and I'm a mum said I may not have had you know as much talent I definitely didn't have as much talent my sister would literally race me home every day after school on our bikes and she would beat me every single time and she didn't even let me win once I remember there's this hill going up Forest Hill Avenue in Albury and I would even sometimes get a head start at the start and she would still beat me every single time so you can imagine as a teenager growing up and I know you guys can all think about this Siri had the same thing with her sister Lisa she beat me in swimming, athletics, cross-country, everything. The only thing I was better at was probably basketball, like ball sports, but that's it. She was more talented. But mum knows now the story that I used to get up and go swim training, and a couple of times I'd be letting my sister in coming in from a nightclub. It's like 17 years old. Well, I went to go out swim training at 5 a.m., so mum only learned that um, just recently and wasn't too impressed. Very recently. <laughs> Very recently. Sorry, Simi, I'm throwing you under the bus. Um, so, guys, my mom's here, and she's here to answer any questions. Now, she is a fertility expert. That doesn't make her a menopause expert, although she would have much more knowledge than most of us. So when she answers your questions, she's not a doctor, but she's definitely had a lot of experience in the area of fertility, helping people get pregnant. Athletes, I know all of us have a lot of issues with um, irregular period cycles, trying to get pregnant. Our mum's actually worked with a few of the, uh, the pros, helping them, giving them a little bit of advice, but... Um, in the end, it's just advice. So listen, um, take it on. Always still seek advice from your doctor. But we're really excited to have her. And mum, I'm going to go through some questions we got here. And then anyone else who wants to tune in and ask questions, please write them uh, on the wall right now. And um, mum, are you okay to answer some questions for us? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how we go. And anything I think I need to, to do privately, I can email you or I can send it on, on your private Facebook page fine. Okay. And if you guys do look, I did do a post just two days ago, really crazy. Nicole, the skirts girl, actually just got sent a device that women, and she posted it uh, on her public Facebook site, so it's known, um, a device they've created that helps increase the pelvic floor. And it's a little thing that you put there and it exercises it. I don't know. It's on our Facebook. So have a look for all you women that I mean, I even have the trouble, I haven't even had kids, but I know mums have trouble sometimes when they're running and their pelvic floor is weak and they've had um, a natural childbirth that they do pee a little bit. And this is like a delicate topic, but it's the truth. So you women out there that have had kids and you're jumping up and down, I know sometimes you have to hold it in because it's just not as strong. So there is a device that I just posted a couple of days ago from Nicole who... It's a new invention, and it's apparently meant to help the pelvic floor, but we'll, we can talk more about that later. So the first question we have, Mum, from one of our... I'm not going to mention names, you guys. I'm just going to go through the questions, was um, how do we know when menopause has started? Look, I think probably the best way to gauge that is you go by age, first of all, of course. If you're 45 years and over, sometimes younger, but that's usually caused by surgery, so it's what we call menopause, but if you're 45 years and over, it's very likely that your um, cycles are going to start to change. They'll probably get heavier mm -hmm. or they may get lighter. They'll become more irregular. Um, and you'll notice some, probably some changes in your 
body influences, hot flushes, that sort of thing that usually only happen at night. A mm. lot of people confuse menopause with anxiety because the symptoms of feeling anxious with a hot flush are very, very similar. Mm. But look, the best thing to do if you're thinking that you may be heading toward menopause is get a blood test done. It's definitive, it's diagnostic, and it's mm. very easy to, um, to pick that up uh, early on without you having to wonder for years whether you are or you're not. And that blood test needs to be done on day two or day three of your cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's called, I'm going to give you the shortened version, but then I'll give you the full name for it. It's okay. an SSH. SFH. SS the same H. Oh, as in follicle stimulating hormone. hormone. I should know that. FSH, yep. Yep. And LH. LH, luteinizing hormone. Luteinizing, exactly. Oh, I remember. So if, those, if you're going, if you're heading toward menopause or close to menopause or postmenopausal, mm-hmm. which very few women would be without knowing. Those two hormones are very elevated in the early part of the cycle, but mm-hmm. it's only there for day two and day three to be definitive hmm. because other increases in those hormones changes when you're not premenopausal. So yeah. it needs to be done on day two or day three. Hmm. The reason that they are high is that your those hormones are responsible for making eggs. Now, if there are fewer eggs left or no eggs left or low egg supply, they continue to rise in an effort to make to try and make the ovary produce an egg. So it's a pretty definitive test. It's an easy test to do, and your GP can order it. So um, if you think it's something that you're wondering about, uh, you can have that done. But I think most women know that the symptoms that they're getting, the irregularities in their cycles and, and the heavy bleeding or the night bleeding are probably symptomatic of heading towards menopause. I was thinking I might excuse my mood swings lately for menopause, but I'm only 41. So is it possible to go through it that young? Well, I went through it at 45. I'm in um, trouble. Sharing personal stories here. <laughs> <laughs> but mine was, mine was surgically induced. So that right. is what I was talking about before. If you have a hysterectomy or you have your ovaries removed, of course you're going to be mm. technically in menopause from that time onwards. Right. Uh, but for most women, it's... It's 50 plus. I said 45 just so that people would be aware that from that time, of course, um, probably from 40 mm. onwards, your fertility and your exercise much diminished. Um, next question, Ruthie. Thank you. That was incredible. I know Siri's writing notes for everybody on there too to help because um, this is brilliant. Um, we've been asked a lot of questions about this sort of thing. Um, and I could probably t- can, can I just add something yep. before you ask the next question? Can I add something sure. to the menopause issue because that seemed to be more prevalent on your on your questions than than uh, fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, one of your athletes actually mentioned a podcast, uh, and it's by Dr. Stacy Sims. Stacy who? And she wrote a book called Sims S I N S. Stacy Sims, Siri, make sure you write that down. She wrote a book called Raw, and I have to thank your athlete for putting me onto her podcast. But oh. all of you girls or ladies who um, are, are cycling, whether you're menopausal or just cycling and trying to fit your training around your um, the cycles mm-hmm. and maximizing the strength part of your cycle and resting more in the luteal phase, which is after ovulation. Mm-hmm. 
Should listen to her TED podcast. Cool. TED Talk. Well, she must be good if she's on a TED Talk. That's great. It is brilliant and it covers nutrition, it covers wow. hormonal changes, it covers strength, it covers heart rate, it covers wow. everything related to your hormonal, your hormonal profile. So it was. I listened to it myself and I was extremely impressed. Well, we'll definitely find the link somewhere and put that on there. If anyone can find it now, see so if you can find the link to Dr. Stims, Stacey Sims's podcast, please put it on there because that's incredible. It's um, a TED podcast. The most recent TED podcast. Ted, uh, Ted, okay, Ted Talk, okay. Yeah, we will find that for you guys, that's amazing. Apparently she was a, she was a professional athlete, oh. uh, but of course studying as well, and she's now uh, specialises in talks on um, nutrition and exercise for women. She said it was a very uh, forgotten subject. Everybody talks about profiles for athletes and strength training, yep. and, but they never take into account never. the female cycle in relation to that. I've never so heard of it. That's what she does. That's amazing. Yep. And as a coach, as coaches on here as well, for us to know this, it's so important. And it's not really something I ever, ever was even in tune to. So it's actually a bit of a game changer. This is actually amazing. Wow. Siri and I will definitely be listening to that. Yeah, and... it, was, it, was, it was brilliant. And a lot, and a lot, of, a lot of girls, of course, that are going through uh, their, their racing time um, get to the point of their races and, and they, they work out that they're going to have a period. That's quite important. One of the reasons it's important to track your cycles mm. is to know when your cycle's due in relationship to a race. But you don't have to you don't have to go through that. You can take a progesterone That's what I was based ask. medication that's short term that will get you over the race for a few days and as soon as you stop it you start leaving. So there are lots of good, and uh, I mean, that's something that I knew already, but that's on the podcast. So I think there's so many girls that would benefit women and that would benefit from that sex. Yeah, I agree. And I know that I used to ask you, mum, so I was always due on my race. So I would say to you, what do I do? And I would take the two extra tablets to just push me two days later. So I wasn't dealing with it on race day. There's nothing worse. So guys, it's not that girls, I should say, ladies, it's not dangerous to do that at all. Um, just to push it forward. Like, would it be bad to push it forward more than a couple of days? Or what would there be kind of a limit on that? Would no, you... no, no. Some, no, some people are on the, the, um, on the uh, pill for, for, Continuously for yeah. various reasons. Wow. But you don't, so you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to mix that with women who are not wanting to take contraceptive, but they mm. want to control their cycle. Hmm. So okay. you don't need to be on the pill. Oh. You can take a progesterone based tablet for five days no way. Um, and start it just before your race and stop it just after, and that will actually hold off the period. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. There you go, ladies. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. Okay. This is exciting. Okay. Next question. Are we ready for it? Yep. Okay. Um, so I don't know if we've probably maybe touched on this. Training with training within your cycle, you're saying we should monitor and track it. We've probably already touched on that enough, do you think, about monitoring and tracking your cycle? Well, I just think it's, it's probably uh, – if, if, if the, the ladies listen to that podcast, I don't need to go into any detail because it covers it completely. It tells you mm-hmm. in the first two weeks of your cycle – your, your your ability to do strength training and speed work is much greater. Wow. Uh, but in the, in the late part of the cycle, your body's producing egg, the uterus is preparing itself for pregnancy, whether it gets the pregnancy or not is another thing. Yeah. 
So your body is going into a rest phase, which means that you, you can't expect it to do wow. the high-intensity work that you could do in the first two weeks of the cycle. Uh, your energy levels are lower, your moods are different. So, you know, it's a very, it is very cycle-dependent, and you've got to accept and take advantage of the good times of the cycle where you can push and the times when you should rest. Wow. What about if you got it, say, the day before the race? Like, how's that going to make you feel? Is there any difference, or does it go back into that strength speed phase again? Well, I think I think pretty lousy generally, but, but look for women particularly who've got something like endometriosis. That would be an absolute disaster because endometriosis is a condition where the lining of the uterus grows outside the uterus in the pelvic cavity. Yeah. And when you bleed from the uterus, those little areas outside the uterus in the pelvic cavity also bleed because it's hormonally influenced. Mm. So you're going to be crampy, you're going to be sore, you're going to have pains down your leg, you're going to have back pain, you're going to have rectal pain, you're going to have a lot of discomfort. Wow. But if it's a normal period without any endometriosis, and it, um, endometriosis is so common these days, half yeah. of it isn't diagnosed, yeah. unless it's very severe. Um, I think day two, there's not much, you can't, once your cycle started, there's nothing you can do, you have to just work through it, Wow. really. And then just quickly with endometriosis, um, because I get a lot of pain when I ovulate, and I swear to God, people laugh at me, but mum knows this is true, because she's more of an expert than me in this. I get pain on the side that I'm ovulating on. I can feel the egg dropping. I laugh. Siri laughs. She goes, it's it's that time of the month. I can feel it when I ovulate, and I don't know if that's, that's obviously I don't have polycystic ovaries or anything like that, but um, all those men with man flu complaining when they get colds, like pe- girl, women with endometriosis, is that would they just go and get an ultrasound to diagnose that? Is the pain a big factor of it? No. Oh. No, no. If you've got endometrioma, which is a solid cyst from caused by endometriosis on the ovary, yes, you can see that on ultrasound. But if you have endometriosis, it's the symptoms and it can only be diagnosed by visually seeing it with surgery, you know, oh. having a look, opening up. But, wow. you know, the treatment for that, like the treatment for that is varying in its degree of success. So it's something to talk to your gynecologist about. But mm. yours is probably, then you might have a little bit of endometriosis around the ovary, which makes it painful, huh. Huh. you know. So you can have it around the ovary and in the uterus. Yeah, but you usually have pain when you bleed. Right. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter where the endometriosis is. If you if you've hmm. got it, you're going to have painful periods, hmm. and plus you may have pain other times, but it's always painful when you bleed. Hmm. God, we've got questions coming in left, right, and centre, so I'll get through the next one. Um, so this is an important one because I know there's a lot of athletes that have trouble. A lot don't. I mean, you've seen Rini and Michelle Vesterby and all these women, Rachel Joyce getting pregnant naturally, but I know there is a lot of women, especially ones that are marathoners are extremely lean that haven't had cycles for years and they want to try and get pregnant and they can't so this lady is asking um she's had three ivf cycles i know this person was an ex-athlete and he is very thin um probably underweight to be honest i'm not going to tell you their name but the underweight ex-pro athlete um had three cycles of ivf now this in the in america it costs about twenty thousand dollars per cycle i know in australia mom what is it about 10 something like that ballpoint no, it's not even that much. It's subsidised by the government here. Wow. So the medication is provided free um, and the cycle is subsidised. Uh, if you go to a public clinic, it's nothing. If you go to a private clinic, it's probably in 
Wow. So all you Aussies have got it easy. Three thousand. Yeah, I know here it's around twenty thousand dollars. Um, from what I've heard, per time, each time, and people that don't have, they only have a small amount of eggs. They don't have much of a chance. So this woman has tried three times. I don't think she has. I think she has two two eggs left, whatever that means, and wants to know how she can improve her her and her husband's fertility because apparently his I don't know isn't that great either. So, what are your main recommendations for increasing fertility if there is any? I, I would say there there are you can't give individual advice without knowing the individual circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that, that that would rely on the sort of thing that might help are her age, her weight, mm-hmm. her egg count. Now I don't know whether your your ladies know too. You can get a blood test done that will tell you how many eggs you've got left, basically. Oh. Oh, in your uh, life? No, I mean, I think she has frozen yeah. eggs, though. No, 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 I'm talking about in your lifetime. So oh. if she's got two eggs left, she doesn't mean that. She probably means two embryos left. Which is oh, two different. embryos, right. So let's not get, yeah, let's not get confused with that. That, yeah. means that is a difference. Eggs. Sorry, they fertilized. are fertilised. So they were probably done by someone like yeah. you, Mum, where they're fertilised outside the body. And then, no, they'd be fertilised. Right. Exactly, exactly, right. darling. Yeah, so she only has so, two left. But, but just sort of back, well, we'll just, just let, let's, I'll come back to that in a second. But let's talk about the fact that, you know, when someone says a general question, what can I do to increase my chances of, of my fertility? Mm-hmm. If those eggs come from a woman, unfortunately, and this is a really hard thing to hear, but it's, it's factual, if they come from a woman over 38, or over 40, even more so, then the, the, the chances of those embryos working are much reduced. Hmm. But if, you, if you've if you collected them before you were 38, then the uterus is receptive. You can make the uterus receptive for a 50-year-old. It doesn't matter as Ooh. long as the eggs come from a young woman. So some of the things that, you know, you, you can do if you've got two embryos left and, and it may be, you know, maybe this is her last chance, I don't know. Um, uh, you, you, there are women's and men's multivitamins, and I know this sounds very simplistic, mm. but these are particularly made to work for couples who are trying to get pregnant. So they're just reproductive, fertility-based supplements, mm. and they usually come, you know, you can get them from most uh, health food stores or mm-hmm. pharmacies. And, and they actually help mop up the free radicals, which mm. we know that free radicals can, the job of free radicals is to cause an inflammatory reaction. So mm. we don't want that if we're trying to get pregnant. Right. So for anyone who's trying to get pregnant or anyone who's embarking on getting pregnant, taking a men's multi and a women's multi, we don't leave out the men because it takes two to tango. <laughs> um, or two girls. <laughs> With them, what IVF? You still need the sperm. I know. Wherever the sperm's come from, it's got to be healthy as well. So, um, a men's multi and a women's multi is very important. It sounds very simplistic, but for example, I've just been diagnosed with a genetic disorder and the treatment for that is vitamin B. So, we can over medicalize sometimes. Sometimes we need to go back to basics. And traditional medicine is now accepting that supplements are a very important part of, um, of treating fertility. They're, they're not poo-pooing it like they used to. 
The other thing that would be very helpful for if, I, if it were me, and I had two embryos, but I was going and having acupuncture. Acupuncture. Which is mm. now, there's now been a lot of studies done that show that acupuncture actually helps to prepare the lining of the uterus for pregnancy. Wow. And after transfer, it supports the lining and helps to support the hormones that are needed to support the pregnancy. But acupuncture is definitely um, a very well-expected and, and recommended form of treatment for women going through IVF. Wow. It's very holistic compared to what it used to be, Mum, right? Yeah, very, very, yeah, very much. But, you know, yeah, uh, we, we haven't had very good cooperation until many recent years between the medical profession and, and, and the holistic approach. Mm. But we are now, thank goodness, we're heading in that direction, which is wonderful. That's amazing. Um, and, of course, you know, this goes, and I think we see the next few said with your ladies, but it's alcohol, uh, you need to keep that to a minimum. And then men... I mean, we, we think about men and think, well, they just provide the sperm, but their sperm has to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And if they smoke or drink or drink or smoke to excess, mm-hmm. then the ability of the sperm, they may fertilise an egg in the laboratory, but may never give you a pregnancy with an embryo. So mm. that's a very important part as well. Um, there are some natural supplements, but if you've already got the embryo formed, these wouldn't be helpful. But I have recommended these to one of your athletes before. And if you're trying to get pregnant, they're natural supplements, but you would never use these without uh, getting the approval of your doctor because lots of specialists have different views on what is, uh, um, what would I say, what is uh, acceptable and what is just right. um, which doctor is. <laughs> but all the, all, the, all, the, all the specialists that I've worked with are very, very in favour of using DHEA and melatonin. But of course, if you're racing, and you're being tested, you can't use DHEA. I don't know about melatonin. What about the myth, Mum, of um, if you're carrying low, it's a boy? Is that all not true for people that are pregnant? There's one lady here that I believe is pregnant, but I've heard that, oh, I'm carrying low, it's going to be a boy. Uh, I, I don't have any statistics or any evidence to support that. Okay, good. So Vivian's saying, Mum, she um, at 40... I had my kids AI at age 40, artificial insemination. Ruthie, do you want to explain what artificial insemination is for people that don't know? Artificial insemination is where a woman is close to her cycle. Her peak ovulation time is detected various methods. It depends. Um, Medication may or may not be used to help her ovulate. Mm -hmm. And then at the time of ovulation, usually a blood test or an injection are given to induce ovulation and husband or partner sperm is prepared in a laboratory and introduced into the uterus uh, where hopefully it'll meet with the egg at the time it's released. So it come, so, so basically it means like, say, Siri and I could do that then, is that right? We could get a donor sperm? With a sperm donor, yep. So you need yep. a donor sperm and it's basically not having sex, it's done like for artificially outside no it's not done outside but it's done yeah, but it's, not, it's done in the body but the, the body. sperm is prepared outside okay. the body but put mm. in at the time of ovulation but it's donor, donor insemination is a small portion of artificial insemination mostly it's husband or partner mm-hmm. so it's basically like what do they call it turkey 
<laughs> the Aussie slang is like turkey boasting or something like that. I don't know. There's some Aussie slang they call it. Siri knows it. I laughed about it the other day. But anyway, we're not planning to have kids, so we don't need to worry. Mum's not good at see. I'm allowed. We're allowed. I'm allowed to joke like this. Siri and I have a bit of fun, but my mum is. This is a serious topic, so mum, I won't make mum um stoop down to my level for that. So, okay, no turkey boasting. Um, how should I reduce my training? One lady was asking this as well. Oh, well, let's go back actually, because we actually have a question up here before this, which I think is important. Um, and hopefully, mum, you can help with this much better than me. I've never been pregnant, but. Um, exercising when pregnant, how should someone who's, who is, what she's saying, um, how intense should they exercise while they're pregnant and how long into the pregnancy? And this is just like, a, you know, just w what you know, what's your knowledge of that, mum? Like exercising what when pregnant. What was the question? Basically, how, how, basically how you should exercise when you're pregnant. And now I know that the first trimester is really important. No. Yeah, well, the first 12 weeks, if you're going to have a miscarriage, the first 12 weeks is, is highest risk time for a pregnancy loss. Mm -hmm. um, but, but you, because you're being, hopefully, you're being monitored by either your general practitioner or your specialist, he can look at the pregnancy. He can look at the pregnancy sack. He can look at your hormone profile, your, your pregnancy hormone level. Mm -hmm. um, and he knows your history, so nobody should take advice from anybody about training during pregnancy, except with the blessing of their, the doctor that's looking after the pregnancy. There are too many variables that can influence what somebody would say to you. Because mm -hmm. I know they recommend, um, from what I've heard from mums and with Rini, was to keep her heart rate below a certain beat which was i think for her like 120 and then not to get overheated so obviously running in the heat of kona which i've seen people do when they're pregnant is terrible especially in the first trimester 100 degrees 90 percent humidity and three not even three months pregnant i don't think i would recommend running in the heat because heats obviously you don't want to overheat either because that's also a, a huge that's really dangerous to the baby right well even even when you're trying to get pregnant if you're if you've had an embryo transfer, for example, or you've just ovulated, um, high-intensity exercise increases your core body temperature and mm -hmm. you don't want the core body temperature increased in, during that early stage because it can, it can lead to, to problems. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, any more questions, you guys? We have one more. If you have any more um, to post on here, please do. Some of them I think I might have missed, so let me know again, repost them. Um, and the last question I got was, do you recommend natural hormone therapy or HRT? What's HRT? Hormone replacement therapy. Okay. Um, now, that, uh, again, that's menopause, and I did put a little comment on there that, that I mean, I'm at the other end of the spectrum, usually. Mm -hmm. I have dealt with women who are, who are pre-menopausal or menopausal trying to get pregnant, but not in regard to their menopause. That is a separate area altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, and... If you look at those two options, uh, natural, uh, it's still HRT, but it's a natural form of HRT, it's plant-based. Plant-based, right. And the other is, um, is prescriptive medication. And the reason for taking one or the other would depend on the severity of your symptoms, your medical history. For example, if you've got a history of breast cancer, it would be unlikely that a doctor would recommend you go on to HRT. And I think the other thing to remember is, and I, this is 
probably a little bit out there. The other thing to remember is menopause is a normal function, just like, you know, going through puberty. Mm-hmm. Because our bodies change and because we have some challenges doesn't mean that we should try and override it. It doesn't last forever. You come out the other side after a year or two and symptoms that you suffered from are gone. Um, there are some women who have very severe um, psychotic, you know, sort of problems mm. with, with menopause, just like they do with other things. But that's rare. And if you need, if your symptoms are not compatible with everyday life, mm. you can look at either of those. But your doctor would be the one who would recommend plant-based hormone treatment as opposed to prescriptive medication depending on your your history your family history too so my mum because we have a family history of breast cancer so what would they recommend for me because it's something i'm going to have to think about well well my personal experience is that because of that and i was only very fortunate that i found out that there was a family history of, of breast cancer because of various complicated She brought up two twins who she's she brought up two incredible crazy twins at the same time without a dad, so without a husband. So there you go. My mom's a freaking superhero. <laughs> no more complaining. You may, not, you, you may not need effects. Don't, don't 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 put yourself in the category of I'm gonna fall apart without HRT. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a very good stable approach to life and if you can distract yourself with other things and your symptoms you know, yeah, you'll have a lot of restless nights and you might have a few night sweats and all those sort of things, but is that the worst thing that can ever happen to you? I don't think so. Mm. Right. Awesome, mums. Yeah, I think I'm going to try the natural way. Um, I'm sure my wife will let me know if I get too much, too too hot to handle, too much to handle, and maybe have, she'll probably be in, end up <laughs> ringing my mum behind my back. I <laughs> say, Ruthie, help. No. <laughs> Yeah, send her back to Australia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's so many thank yous on here. So, thank you, Mom, very much. It was amazing. You're very welcome. The only thing that would have been better is that I was there doing it with you. I know. You're too far away. But we get to see you at Christmas, so... So I'm going to offer, because my mum just is a little bit like me. She just loves helping people. Um, and mum, I know you'll say yes to this without even asking. If any of you guys have any like personal questions you want to ask mum about fertility, not necessarily menopause, because her expertise is fertility. But if any of you are trying to get pregnant, need help with you know, going through IVF or um, have any questions in regards to that, I'm going to get, give you my mum's email address, mum, if that's okay with you, if they want to send any further questions. So I, think the, I think the best thing would be for them to send it through to you privately and then you just forward it to me. Got it. Okay, so you can email me, you guys. Um, it will be confidential and private to com, and I'm going to pass them on to my incredible mum and she will answer for you. So, Because I know some of this stuff is um, a little personal and you may not want to post questions on this um, page. So 
That's about all for now, mums. Anything else you want to add? Anyone have any more questions? Anything else, Raj? And Jonathan, we can always do this again in six months or so, you know, and, or, or earlier if need be. Mm-hmm. If there's questions that come in that, 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 you know, that you want to address, it's no problem. Okay, and by the way, Mum, I'm Siri and I want to have a baby, so we'll be calling you when I hang up about that because we'd like your help with that. <laughs> uh oh, she's gone silent. Because <laughs> she knows I'm joking. That is not going to happen. We actually have twins and twins, so that's not going to happen. Mum already has two beautiful nieces. I think. Nieces? Oh, granddaughters, my God. You'll have to live vicariously through Millie yeah. and Charlie now, you two. We will. There's no You've chance. You've got the best of both worlds. We've got all the love, but none of the expense. I reckon that was great. Yeah. So if you don't know, guys, my twin sister has twin girls, identical girls. And no, they weren't IVF. They were natural. So we now have two sets of twins in our family. So, mum, oh gosh, oh, we can talk about that another time, but it's pretty awesome. We have a lot of fun and I can't believe my mum's a grandma. She's way too young for that. But thank you, Ruthie. We love you and everyone's so appreciative. You're welcome. Yay. Thank you. I'm up for a coffee and a water run. Can't Bye. wait. Bye. Bye. Bye.